environments in one sense. And so whatever I say, you know, she shared with, with, with you some of the struggles. Those are there. We have seen them as well. So whatever I say, like, I'm going to be more of a pie-in-the-sky type presentation. And, um, and so I don't want you to view this as discrediting, but just, just a, a different experience. And I want to say this and really emphasize this. Our perspective, it's a both-and approach. It's really a both-and approach. It's not an either-or. And, and I'm not offering an alternative for the future. I, I'm, I'm saying we need to be just expanding our vision, not, not, not breaking down the past. So uh, I hope that's, that's a helpful caveat. I'm not going to be sharing that again. But as I sh- go through the slides, you're, you know, maybe you'll have a totally different perspective. So I, I do want to share one passage of Scripture that really has been our guide uh, as we, we pursue this new vision. And so if I could see that first slide on the screen. Is it there? Okay, so it's not up there. All right, okay. So the, the, passage, the passage of Scripture is 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses in trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so I really believe with all my heart that this encapsulates what we're doing the way that we can be most effective, not just in, in the island of Leyte, Samar, Baliran, Eastern Visayas, but in the Philippines and beyond, is equipping others to do the work of the ministry. And so we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to that, to that passage uh, later in, in the morning service. So I, I do uh, want to, uh, next slide please, I want to introduce our family. And so our family, uh, so th- there, there, there you have, so it, um, my name is Tim, my wife is Bethany, and we have two girls, Carmichael and Rose, or Rosie and Car Car, and we have a dog, Bon Bon. So we're just a normal family, we're not special, and uh, we would love to talk to you. We, we'll talk to you after the service, it doesn't have to be spiritual, okay? You can, you can talk about dogs or fitness or something of, something of, that, of that nature, we're, we're just normal people. And so uh, the Lord has called us to the Philippines, and, and we still believe very strongly in that calling, but with what we're doing, it is an expanded view, and so that's why we're, we're global workers to Asia, because long-term, we're looking to expand that, that, that vision. And so just the next slide, please. And so uh, we are serving in the Philippines, and so just very briefly, if you could just um, put, put all the, the animations up, Dom, please. And so... Without going to all the details, uh, COVID has just radically changed our, our ministry. Philippines did a full lockdown, as, as you experienced with, with Chris. Everything went online, so there's no physical education, even until now. To enter is very difficult, incredibly difficult. And um, uh, looking at those issues and then also at, at, at tra- traditional teaching, you have to build buildings, you have, you have massive overhead, you have to bring students in, you have to support them, and so there's just a lot of other challenges that, we've, we've dealt with that, missionaries dealt with that. We worked for two years prior to this last term, we worked for two years in a, an existing seminary outside of Manila, but there's just, it's just a massive ecosystem that you have to create for students, and, and then coupling that with weather, electricity, internet, uh, real problems over there. You know, we don't have those issues here, but over there we do. And, and then on top of all that, uh, bringing students out of their ministry context into a different context 
even if you create the, the, the school, even if you, you build the school in a local um, city in the province, you still have the issue of you're pulling the students out of their context and then it's hard for them to go back for whatever reason. It's, it's not necessarily negative, but, but those are some of the challenges. And so when we went to the Philippines the first time, we were looking at maybe we'll do like module courses around the region, just travel. And so you can imagine all of those are, are issues that were in the back of my mind, and I'm just like, I'm going to pray my way towards that. <laughs> That's kind of my thinking. Um, and then COVID just opened up this, this incredible door for us where we, can, we have students coming in from five islands now, we, we had a typhoon last week, and we still had class. <laughs> so there was a typhoon last week, and there was no cancellation. Our class went overtime. You know, the, 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 some of the students ended up leaving. We, we, we ended up going an hour overtime, and it was just, it was just phenomenal. Um, so with, with all of with, with what COVID has, has created, no doubt some of you have suffered through COVID. I don't want to minimize that. Our family suffered uh, emotionally and spiritually through COVID as well. But with all of those difficulties, there has this new, this new way forward. And so just some, some brief fun facts about the Philippines. And you can just put those facts up there, Dom, and I'll just briefly share them. The Philippines has 109 million people. It's like, it's like almost a third of the U.S., just under a third of the U.S. population, in like the area of like the mid-Atlantic state. So you can just imagine there's so many people there. And... and just within the three, the three islands where we're serving, there's 3.7 million Warre Warre people. And so that, that's just a huge amount of people, okay? And we have the means to reach them. Social media users, 73 million social media users. So you minus all the babies, you minus out all the very elderly that, you know, not bad, but just they're not really tech savvy. Probably a majority... I would want to say 90% or 95% of, of, of that, you know, prime demographic. They're all on social media. And it's not random social media. It's like very specific. Facebook, 96%. YouTube, 95%. Facebook Messenger, 89%. And so instead of even, you know, purchasing all these different apps for, for education, we're, our school, we're going to live... In, in these specific apps, and, and we, we, we might grow, but there's just, the, the infrastructure is there to network, to build a space that was never there before, and it's free. <laughs> all of that, all of, you know, sharing videos on, 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 on YouTube, terabytes, we have terabytes on YouTube, no, no charge, free, and so there's just an incredible opportunity there, and so We've embraced this calling that the Lord has given to us, and so we're calling it, uh, next slide please, the cloud project. And uh, uh, the big idea here, if, if Dom, you can just put that whole big idea up there, is we're reimagining theological education, resource development, and networking, applying a social media digital culture, and then specifically in a missions context. And so even in the Philippines, it, a generation ago, it's like Philippine culture, and then you have local tribal culture. You know, you, you've, you've partnered with, with the Varbergs in the past, the Warai the, the Warai people. Well, it's not like that anymore. They're all on social media. It's really a social media, global, American, Filipino culture. And so you have all of these different cultures coming together. And so that's the medium by which we're 
serving and minister, and that's the medium by which we're moving forward. And it's in a missions context, so we're not targeting uh, U.S. students. We're not targeting people in the U.S. We're targeting that that demographic. Um, and so, uh, next slide, please. The, the traditional model has been, again, I'm not poo-pooing it at all. Please don't misunderstand me. The traditional model has been you have, you know, you have a physical building, and that's the center for everything, right? You have teaching, you have small groups, you have ministry, outreach, and then you have like an online presence, right? And so for us, and maybe for, 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 for some of us, we have to rethink that. And for us, we have a, we have a paradigm shift here. And the paradigm shift is, uh, next slide, please. And you can just do that, uh, that animation. Thinking about our central location is in the cloud, Right, so if anyone knows tech, everything's cloud-based, right? Cloud apps, cloud drives, uh, you know, everything's in the cloud. The internet's in the cloud. So imagine that, and then we still have that physical presence, but it's a top-down approach. And so it's just, it's been transformational for our way of thinking and just seeing the capabilities. And so just very briefly, I just want to show some of the specific things that we're doing We'll go through these slides pretty quick. So one of, the, one of our first big projects with the cloud project is the cloud seminary. And so, uh, yeah, you can see the graphic up there. The graphic kind of pictures it, but it's not the full picture. People just think we're using Zoom. It's a lot more than using Zoom, and, and we'll, we'll show that in a second. But imagine the, the big idea is that of, of, of using everything related to cloud applications, and it's being done, you know, a lot through Zoom, and so you kind of have that picture, that, that pictorial um, graphic there. And so the next slide, you can just put up all those, all those different apps. So these are the apps that we're using right now. Uh, Facebook page, Facebook group we turned into a classroom. We're using Google Drive to share, YouTube, uh, stepbible.org. Incredibly powerful software, free. They just don't know how to access it. So we're using it live in classes, teaching them how to use it, and they can access it anywhere, anytime, if they have a smartphone. And so uh, um, PDF markup Bibles, uh, whiteboards, obviously you see Zoom there, OneNote, Notability, Accordance, and then online libraries. And then we turned our Facebook Messenger into like a, uh, a message board <laughs> for the class. So we're, we're just reimagining how can, we, how can we create a whole network of teaching through primarily social media. And so it's just incredibly powerful, and everything is set up to do that. And so here we just have, if we can go to the next graphic here, just some of the classes that we've, al that we've already taught or, or we're, we're teaching. And so in conjunction, with, in conjunction with the teaching, we're trying to present, because again, it's social media culture, right? So the reality is, good or bad, I love books. We ha I have a lot of books, but no one's reading books anymore. Let's just be honest. You're going to blogs. You're going to YouTube, instead of reading even a journal article, you're going to go watch a YouTube video, right? You're going to look at a picture. And so rethinking that for teaching, uh, part of that is actually coming up with graphics for the class. That's not low budget. We're trying to, we're trying to be professional. And so this is just uh, for each class having one picture that, that summarizes what's being taught. So example there is Christology. We're in the middle of that, right? So uh, the study of Christ, prophet, priest, and king. And then you have the, the crown, the crown of thorns, the crown 
of the king. And so something like that quantifies, pictures for the students what's going on. Uh, next slide, please. And so here you can just see two examples of what we're doing. And so you can see to my, I guess, left and your, your right. So the left is our, is our uh, YouTube channel. Every class we record, we video out all the wasted space. If a question is not, it's kind of tangential or it's repetitive, just edit that thing out, right? Save the space. We condense it down to be very precise and concise. And then we load it onto YouTube, and everyone has access to that forever. So, so, so like Chris was saying, like, right, she, she loses drop call students. Not a problem. Go watch it on YouTube. Catch up. Uh, so you, YouTube is just an incredibly powerful app. And then we're actually offering those classes as well. Someone joins us next year. We don't have to worry about when are we going to teach this class again to them. Go watch the video, and then we can just have like a small group to discuss. And so the exponential power is just phenomenal. And so that's the, our YouTube channel. And then on the, on, on, yeah, my left, your right, is a classroom. So we've turned a Facebook group into a classroom. There's a cloud drive there. We share all the, we share all the files, all the assignments, all of the handouts, everything. And so it's just incredibly powerful. Moving on, just, just a quick picture of what a class would look like. And so you can see on, on the screen above, uh, we are running in 4K. Zoom, you know, we, we're, we're paying the big bucks through Converge to, to get 4K quality. And so we're able to run simultaneously like a handout that we're using and then actually breaking down the text. And so it's just inc incredibly powerful. Thinking about like, so Dom and, and Bruce, I was talking about AV stuff. Before, having to, 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 to bring everything together was just impossible. Just so much manpower. And now we can pretty much do one person can oversee it, and Zoom does it all for us. And so it's incredibly powerful. Uh, next slide, just moving along very quickly now. And so in con the second project we're doing is, is called Interpreting the Word. And so Interpreting the Word is primarily developing resources to accompany the class. And so those resources are not, again, books or journal articles, but they're, they're graphical. And so if you can just move the slide. This would be one example. So we offer handouts for them to, to see pictorially what's going on in, in the text. And, and instead of, you know, you know how you, most of you who've read commentaries, right, there's like five different positions on a topic, and you're reading through, and you're just like, what is this guy even saying? Like, I don't, even know the, I don't even know the commentator's position, right? Because you have to really focus. It takes a lot of time. And pretty much most of us who are primarily English speakers, we just give up, right? And so we're trying to, to, to sift through all of that and just give the students, this is what the text is saying in, in bullet point form. Because again, it's social media, digital culture. That's the reality of, of the culture that we're living in. And that's not just in the Philippines. That's in the U.S., and so we're, we're trying to, to develop tools like this. And then just lastly, if you can forward the slide, um, we have the, the proclaiming the word. And so uh, that's a, a third resource where we're actually, all the stuff we're teaching, whether it's in interpretation or preaching, we're, we're then uh, emulating. So, so if, if we're, we're teaching on, on a topic and then we'll, 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 we'll preach on the topic, and we're using the pattern that we're actually teaching in class. Because there is a disconnect. If you've been to seminary, or you've been in formal type things, or you, if you've watched R.C. Sproul, or John MacArthur, or John Piper, like the whole method that you learn in biblical interpretation, like John Piper's not following that method when he preaches. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. So we're trying to, and then 
so for us, we get it, but with a student, that's super confusing. And so we're trying to move from, big idea, from the Word of God to daily Christian life. And, and, and they're seeing the whole, the whole shebang. And we're just not teaching about it. They need to see it. Because most people emulate a lot better what they see than what they, they hear. Hence, YouTube, right? Um, we go to YouTube to repair the cars, to do carding, right? You just, I want to see what's going on. Okay, I can do that, right? And so that's what we're trying to do. And so just moving along now to the, to the next slide. And so just current p- partnerships, you can just put the whole thing up there. Um, we're just focused on organic growth. We're not in a rush. We have 12 to 15 students. I'm not in a rush to expand. We're just focusing on a, a, few, a few faithful men and then just looking at that that's going to explode. And so we're just trying to take it one week at a time. And, and this is successful because all of our students were building through relationships. We're not, I brought one student in that no one knew, but for the most part, we're only working through churches and people we know. And so we're right now working in three church networks, and it's about 12 to 15 students, and that's, that's real, that's, that's real uh, students that, that are receiving our content and, and learning. And then just long-term Uh, focus, we're looking at professionals and church leaders. And so if we're looking at professionals and church leaders, the reality is, is they can never really uproot to go to some other island to learn. It's just not possible. And so for what we're doing specifically, I'm not referring to, to maybe primary, secondary education, or even college. For what we're doing, the target demographic of students, this is the way forward. And, uh, we had issues in the Philippines because we're uploading, we're running everything through the cloud, and so we had, if, if the internet goes down or we lose electricity, I, we lose it all, right? And so for, for, for us, I need to be in a place where there's reliable infrastructure so that a student loses connection, not a big deal. He can catch up tomorrow. I lose connection, we lose it all. And so we're, 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 uh, we're adopting the Google platform, right? Google's in San Francisco and they benefit the world. And so we're in Pennsylvania, we're focused on the Philippines, but, but, but we can be most effective there. And so it's kind of counterintuitive, but that is the changing face of missions. And so just moving, just moving from, from that on now to, to the preaching of the word this morning. And so um, can I get the previous slide? Sorry, it was preempted. All right. Oh, there's no, there's no introduction question, introductory questions. There it is. Okay. I have some questions for us this morning as we think about, because the, the face of missions is changing, and, and these are some questions that kind of help orient us to, to the preaching of the word. And it's something new, and we've seen it all. We've seen the good, the, the bad, and the ugly in response to, <laughs> to this new stuff. You know, we've seen it all, right? So I, the first question I want to ask this morning as we think about the Word of God, what is your conception of missions or a missionary? People, that's, that's strong. People have strong opinions there. Maybe you have a strong opinion of what that is. Uh, a t- uh, related question is what about a missionary's calling? I've changed my perspective o- over time, so we're all there. But think about that. Uh, you know, even Chris fell into the trap this morning, right? A missionary, like, I'm not there, right? You know, I'm not on the field. You know, is, is, is a missionary bound geographically? If you don't have a geographic location, are you not a missionary, right? Man, time, right? To, until death do us part, right? Missionaries are going to stay in that place until they die. You know, and, and that's, that's a philosophy. That's a perspective. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just... Is it the word of God, right? Is, is that a non-negotiable 
Or is that more of tradition that maybe worked for a period of time? Maybe we don't see that in the, US, in, in, in the Word of God. And so um, let's think about that. And then the fifth question is, like, is door-to-door evangelism or the jack-of-all-traits type person, right? And so you have this type of concept of what a missionary is. You're not moving on <laughs> to anything else, right? You're locked in because that definition, that self-identity keeps us on whatever the straight and narrow is. And so there's a big but here. The but is, what about effectiveness? What about people? If our focus is effectiveness and people, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be there geographically, but is that the only, the only solution? What about what God could be calling us to do now? Our tradition and missions could be going against what God is calling us to do. And we, found, we find ourselves to be Pharisees, right? Kicking against the pricks, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not accusing. I'm just saying. Um, we need to be sensitive to the Lord's calling. And I think the Word of God will share with that with us this morning. And then lastly, just thinking about new spaces. Imagining the Internet as a new It's a real space. As hard as it is, it's a real space. And we need to be thinking about the new opportunities. So let's... Let's uh, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 13, and I've entitled this sermon, Our Life and Ministry of Faith. Our Life and Ministry of Faith. And so let's turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And it is a long text, but we're going to go quick, you know, so don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. The Word of the Lord. Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits because his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think about this. And the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. But if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come this morning to look at your word, Father God, remove the, the frivolous things in my, in my speech, in my mind, Father. I pray that those things would be lost that are not your words. But if uh, we, I ask that your word would speak to our hearts, call us to, to those fundamental truths that never change. But perhaps, Father God, it, it, it will call us to new means by which we can continue to proclaim the word. Father God, we're so thankful that your word is not bound by anything. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Okay, so, powerful. Uh, main idea this morning, I just have one big idea, and then I'll share some other things, but I really want us to remember this main idea. And so, uh, if we could have that on the screen. Our lives must be completely centered on the Word and all of its benefits in view of its power and assurance. So our lives, our ministry, our conception on missions must be centered on the Word and all of its benefits in view of its power and assurance. And so before we get into the first major point that I have, the background context of 2 Timothy is that Paul is... he. Right, Paul is the goat of missions, right? There, there is no other missionary, like, there's no competition, right? LeBron James and Michael Jordan, there's like a debate. There's no debate, right? Paul is the goat of all missions. He's on his final leg. He, he's imprisoned. He knows that his time is done. And so he's giving this letter to Timothy as, what should you do after me? And it is so interesting what he says and what he doesn't say. And so I want us to be thinking this morning, in some ways it is tangential to missions, but I don't think it is. I think what Paul doesn't say really kind of allows us to open the doors to what we can do. And what he does say, we better not diverge from that. And so if our understanding of missions is in the what he does say, let's keep it. But if it's not, maybe we should really focus on what he is calling us to do. And so... The first major point I have, if you could forward the slide, is, I mean, uh, is our call to action. So Paul is going to give five commands in the passage. And so I'm just going to list them out and maybe briefly comment on them. And so uh, 2, 1 to 9, there's five commands. So what are those commands? Number one, in relationship to everything else, we can apply it to a missions context. We can apply it to our life. We can apply it to ministry, right? Obviously, the focus here is on Timothy as a leader in the church, but we can apply this in our own personal life. Number one, find your strength in God's grace. Look at 2.1. 2.1 says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is a direct rebuke to those who would pull themselves up by the bootstraps. The number one call that Paul gives to us is to find our strength outside of us. It's, it's counterintuitive, but it's the grace that is only given in Christ Jesus. And so there's that passive idea. Be strengthened, not from your own might, not from your own intellect, not from your own experience, but outside the grace that is in God. Number two, found in verse two. Entrust teaching and preaching of the word to faithful and gifted men, plural. So number one, right? Trust in God's grace. Number two, trust others. <laughs> right? There's nothing there. And it's not to say that Paul isn't calling Timothy to act. But think about how fundamental that is. Trusting, other, trusting God and trusting others is so important in ministry. And so... Uh, and, and this kind of is tangential to our discussion this morning on the gifts, right? The, the men have to be faithful, and they have to be gifted. So there is that, there is that gifting qualification. It's just not just like choose anybody, let's just do it, right? So there is that, there is, uh, what we can see here is that there is this 
Paul is not negating the rest of the word of God, but he's really calling us to trust others as we engage in what is to follow. He's going to be leaving, right? He was the, in many ways, the leader. He's the apostle to the Gentile church. He's overseeing all these churches, and he's leaving, he's going off the scene. And so he doesn't select one, right, one pope to take over, right? He's like, select a bunch of guys, entrust the teaching and the preaching to others. Number three. Number three, engage in the proclamation of the word of God, come what may. Engage in the proclamation of the word, come what may. And you're like, Tim, I don't see that here. So let's look back at at verse three. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And so you're like, Tim, there's nothing there about the preaching of the word. Uh, Yes and no. This is a restatement from a command that he gave in chapter one. And that command in chapter one is... Uh, 2 Timothy 1.8, these two are um, building off of each other. Share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And so the repeat of this command to share in suffering is not suffering for traffic violations. It's not uh, self-deprecation or uh, 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 removing luxuries for just the sake of suffering. It's in the context of the proclamation of the gospel. And so there is this temptation in the changing face of missions, right? Let's just, let's just water it down a bit, right? Let's make it more palatable. Let's really get this multiplication going, right? There's that always temptation. Let's get these tasks done. Man, we're, we're, getting, we're getting pushed back from culture, from maybe politically or maybe, maybe socially, right? The gospel's not very palatable right now. The word of God. Yeah, we'll accept Jesus loving our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus' view on marriage, not so much, right? Let's just kind of keep that off the side. No, share in the proclamation of the word, come what may. Number four, meditate upon God's word with a total spirit dependence. With a total spirit dependence. Think about what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so this command is to contemplate what it is. And so uh, the thinking upon these truths, we could go back and look, well, 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 what is it that he has to contemplate? Sharing in the suffering is pretty pretty clear. And and so that gives us an opportunity to look back at verses 4 to 5 and 6. How do 4, 5, and 6 relate to the share and the suffering? And I do think that it is uh, um, drawing on those images, the idea of a soldier, the idea of an athlete, and the idea of the farmer puts into clear perspective the limitations of our command. Number one, the soldier has a singular focus without distractions. And so there is, we should be singularly focused on the gospel message, the word of God. Number two, the athlete, he has to abide by the rules in order to receive the reward. So we have to be operating in the context of what the, the rules that God has given to us, right? So it can't be like, okay, let's just Let's just throw all this stuff out and let's just equip men. There is, there is a, 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 a law, commands that we can't ignore. And then number three, we should be working hard. The farmer works hard and receives the reward. And so I think this is what 
Paul has in mind of thinking about what I said. Obviously, we can look at those things, but I think the implications, when the rubber meets the road, right, uh, when you're just looking to fill that, that role in the church, it's like, ah, oh, the guy doesn't really fit the qualifications. Let's just let that slide, right? Or, you know, the neighbor has a problem with God, and you're like, okay, let's just, you know, don't really want to talk about this fully because maybe I'll upset him. Like, we are so susceptible to, to cut corners. And so with, with the face, changing face of missions, we can cut corners. I mean, it can be done, right? But, but Paul is calling us, use the new means, but you can't cut the corners. And then, of course, lastly, um, so depending upon God, depending on the sovereignty does not mean <laughs> being lazy or like, oh, God's going to do it, right? Work hard like the farmer. And so this qualifies this dependence upon grace that we are supposed to work hard and, and it's not removing our call to action. And then the second major point that I have for us this morning is uh, found in verses 9 and 10, the power of the word of God. Do these things recognizing that the word of God is not bound. It cannot be bound. People cannot put a lid on it. Politically, right? Can't control it. It's there. Socially, culturally. For our specific context, changing face of missions, it's not bound by our view, traditional view of missions, right? You know, now this is our this is this is the, this is the image right here. This is the tradition, okay? Right? Man cannot control the word of God. And then number 2 here, the power of the word of God. The power of God's word is in salvation. The promise of the gospel overcoming death. It's worth it whatever sacrifice. And so in all these things, it's not to minimize our call to sacrifice. It's not minimizing our, our call, whether it's financially, whether it's with time, whether it's going, right? Chris is, Chris is going to the full. We're coming back. Like, you know, some people wrestle with that. I wrestled with that. But it's not about us. It's about what God's calling us to do. It's not about others' perceptions upon us. Everyone has a different struggle. Our focus is on others when it should only be on God. What are you calling me to do? And then lastly, the assurance of the gospel. The assurance of the gospel. Verses 12 and 13. So Paul emphasizes this. If everything else, the saying is trustworthy. You can take it to the bank. Right? Tax day, April 18th. It's there, right? This saying is trustworthy. It's like, it's like man, Paul, you, you, you just threw in like a conditional salvation, right? It's like, I don't think that's what Paul is, is saying here. And so the first thing we see is we are in union with Christ, both in the call to humiliation and exaltation. And the key actually is found, found I don't often bring up the original language, the Greek, but in the verbs of verse 12, if we endure, we also will reign with him. And so it doesn't really get at the sense of what's going on there. Uh, you have a with preposition in the verb. So it's like if, if we, with enduring, 
with Christ, we also with reigning with him. Does everyone see that? Like the with is intrinsic to the verb. And so what's going on here? And so in Paul's theology, you have this idea of union with Christ. That is what's true of Christ is true of, of us. And, and the two images throughout Paul's teaching are that of marriage, right? I'm in union with my wife, we're one flesh. You're like, okay, but there's still a distinction there. And so maybe marriage isn't the best analogy for union with Christ. The best analogy is our body. Head and body. Christ is the head. We are the body of Christ. And that is the, that is the image of union with Christ. If the head suffers, the body's suffering too, right? We, we, we discussed that this morning in adult Bibleship, uh, Bible study, discipleship. The head, the head suffers, so does the body. The head reigns, so does the body. We have died with him, we also will live with him. You can't separate the two. But if ever there is a chance of, of self-pride, narcissism, oh, I'm good to go, right? You have the warning, so, so appropriate in verse 13. Uh, 12b and verse 13. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And guess what's absent there? There's no with prepositions. So in the positive, we're in union with Christ. In the negative, Paul is saying, it's someone who isn't in union with Christ. Does everyone see that? And we ask, when are we brought into union with Christ? Ephesians 1, 3. Before the foundation of the world, God chose us in Christ. So there is no loss of salvation at all in mind. There is a warning, though, to check yourself. Are you in union with Christ? Because if you deny him, he will deny you. If you are faithless, he remains faithful. And so this is the call of the gospel. Uh, Romans 1, 15 and 16. I'm sorry, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Daily life is a life of faith. To deny Christ, it's antithetical to being in union with him. How can the body deny the, the head? To be faithless. The author of Hebrews says, we, we find out that the, the first generation of Israel, they never had faith. They, they were not united in faith. They, they, they lived a life of unbelief. So this is not a, a warning of falling from grace or losing salvation, but a warning of, are you in Christ? Do you have faith in him? And so... In conclusion, in conclusion, we preach the same gospel message in the changing face of missions. And that gospel message is that we can't save ourselves. We're all reprobates. We sin in thought, 
desire, and action. We've received the guilt in Adam, and, we, and we've received the guilt from all our sins. We're guilty. And yet, in Christ, he took that guilt on his body, all of it, and absorbed the wrath, the punishment that was due us in his body, and, and God's future justification, declaration of righteousness on the last day, is brought into the present so that by faith we are declared righteous. So the negative is the taking, on of, our, uh, the taking of our, on of our sin by Christ, but the positive is him giving us his righteousness, his obedience of the law perfectly. That's the gospel message and all the benefits, everything else that, that it entails. It's the same content. It's the same salvation promise. It's the same Lord. But I got a cross out there. Maybe not so much our tradition. Maybe not so much our concept of what God is doing. Maybe not so much our experience or our achievements or our goals or our desires of what we think missions ought to be. Again, both and approach. Not to say that we, we don't use those, but we define it as that individually. But what God is calling us to do in missions, in the changing face of missions, is we, we have to depend on God's grace. Dan and I were talking about some of the struggles in, in, a, in a post-COVID, I guess not post, um, endemic era. We have to be relying on the grace of God. It, it, it is not easy. We have to be depending upon others. I guess I should, I should have added another bullet point there. We, we have to be acting, participating in the proclamation of, of the word of God. But I want to emphasize, we need to call, there's a call to depend upon the word and its power. And forever, on a daily basis, removing our desires and asking, Lord, your will be done. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you, you know the, the situation here at Trinity. I don't know all the details. No doubt there's been struggles. Father God, I ask that you would renew in us the centrality of your word, the centrality of living daily life by faith, grace alone. Father God, I pray that your spirit would fill Trinity as, as the, the face of missions changes. So does um, partnering. So does missions here in, in Fairfield. Father God, I pray that we would be united around the same message. And I ask that you would give us a new vision, a, a, an expanded vision of, of, of how you're working today, Father, and help us to embrace this. Father God, I pray that each one of us here would, would, would examine where we are at in our view of missions, what missionaries are, what they ought to be, Father God, in, including myself. Uh, you, know, you know my heart, Father. And I pray that we would continue to partner in the sharing and the proclaiming of the gospel. We are really willing to suffer all things that the elect, the chosen, may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus. We pray these things through the one mediator, Jesus Christ our Lord, 
who has boldly gone into the heavenly places and forever intercedes for us. We pray it in his name, through the power of his spirit. Amen.